Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. Today, I'm with my wife, Marcy, and I'm Bran. And today, we're going to be talking on uh, memory loss. In our busy lives, seldom do we sit down and really participate the power of the human brain. For most of us, learning and recall work on autopilot but no two brains function the same way and there are people who have conditions like autism that affect their learning and recall capabilities before we discuss recall and autism further it is important to learn more about two different types of human memory explicit memory and implicit memory explicit memory involves deliberately remembering data facts and past events it is further classified as episodic memory i.e. The, the recollecting of past experiences from one's life and semantic memory that involves storage of facts, ideas, and concepts in the brain. Implicit memory controls the involuntary actions and thoughts that have been ingrained in an individual's mind due to repetition over a period of time. It is often noted that individuals with autism have trouble rec recollecting facts in past events since short-term memory is a problem area for people with autism, we will focus on long-term memory and visual memory to harness recall abilities. Five techniques to try. Forming habits through incremental learning and repetition. Using visual cues. Memory games. Creating stories. And documenting events with pictures. And I actually suffer from short-term memory loss myself, and I'll tell you what, it's no fun. Uh, I constantly, uh, my wife has to remind me stuff all the time, even even my kids remind me stuff, and that's pretty bad if, when, when your kids have to remind you of stuff, like pick them up from school. There's been several times where uh, my son would call me, Dad, aren't you coming to pick me up? I was like, oh man, I totally forgot. And it just stinks. And with that, let's move on to the interview. Um, today we have Andreas Suvaliotis, and he is the founder of Carrot Rewards, Canada's most well popular wellness app and the world's first national health pro rewards program. Andreas has been recognized globally for his achievements and through leadership in harnessing nudge theory to promote positive behavior shifts on a mass scale. As a best-selling author and prolific speaker, Andreas is a leading Canadian advocate for innovative approaches to address public health, climate change, diversity, and citizenship. Welcome, Andreas. We're glad to have you with us. Glad to be here. What made you decide to write a book? You know, it, it took a long time for me to realize that the things that made me different, just like being on the spectrum, um, were actually not my handicaps in life. But there were there were edges, there were advantages, and they had helped make me more successful, or at least more um, more happy and more fulfilled in terms of how I lived. Um, I spent way too much of my life trying to fit in and trying to be like everybody else. And uh, one day, I eventually grew up and realized that not only was it impossible for me to be like everybody else, but that the things that made me different were actually the things that made me better. And I thought it would make plenty of sense to put this into a book and create a memoir and tell others how being a misfit 
is actually a good thing and how all of us are actually misfits in our own ways. So why not harness the things that make us different? And that's why the title of my book is Misfit. Okay, that's awesome. And what inspires you? What inspires me? Well, people uh, inspire me, obviously, but also change inspires me. And maybe that has a little bit to do with the fact that I'm on the spectrum because people who are on the spectrum are always looking to kind of arrange things and make them our way. Uh, if we believe that things should be a certain way, we just can't settle until they, until they become that way. So it took me a long time to realize that that tendency in my brain was expressing itself, was, was manifesting itself as a tendency to create social change. I, I'm a, I'm, I was trained to be a conventional business person. I ran companies until 10 years ago, and then 10 years ago, I realized that I had opportunities to actually harness the power of business to change the world. And so I became a social entrepreneur precisely because I wanted to change the world a little bit. And so that's exactly what inspires me, is the, the ability to actually have an impact on the world. And what do you do for work? So now, as you mentioned in your introduction, I run a very popular wellness platform for Canada. Canada is the first country in the world to have a national wellness rewards program, which is called Carrot Rewards. And the choice of the word carrot, of course, is not coincidental because it's the carrot and stick theory. So essentially what we do up here in Canada is we reward millions of our citizens with their favorite loyalty points, their favorite everyday loyalty points, just for learning how to live a little bit healthier or for living a little bit healthier. So it's a very, very simple idea that has turned into a very interesting social venture that literally affects millions of lives and has created all kinds of impact. You know, we have hundreds of thousands of Canadians who are now much more physically active every single day because of our app. Because at the end of the day, our app gives them a few extra loyalty points because they have achieved their step goal every single day. Yeah, that's really amazing. Um, do you have support from your family now? I do, um, from my extended family for sure, uh, and from my spouse. We've been, uh, we've been living with an autistic person for the last three decades. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I grew up not having explicit support from my family because when I was growing up, autism was not so well understood, and certainly people who were at the high-functioning end of the spectrum were not in any way thought to be autistic. It, was, it would have been actually very scandalous if somebody had talked about you know, their kid being autistic when their kid was still able to finish high school um, or go to university. So I, I, I feel like I grew up at a time when support was not available just because the diagnosis wasn't quite as clear. Uh, but in today's world, of course, I've got lots of support. Um, it's a it's different support. I don't need developmental support at this age and at this stage in my life. But I certainly have people around me who understand how I'm different, why I'm different, and, and put up with all of my unusual behaviors and reactions to things. That's great that you have support. At what age were you diagnosed with autism? Well, I don't know if you're ready for this, but my formal diagnosis didn't come through until a year ago when I was 54 years old. Um, I have known for a long time. I've had lots of expert friends around me who have pointed it out to me, and I've read lots about autism. And I have a younger brother who is um, a little further down in the spectrum, so he would be considered medium functioning. And so I have been so exposed to it that um, 
as an adult, I understood that I was also on the spectrum. But my formal diagnosis didn't come through until a year ago when I was writing this book. I felt it was important. If I have a book that is so uh, overtly open about the fact that I'm on the spectrum, I felt it was important for the diagnosis to also exist so that it's actually medically confirmed that I am on the spectrum as well. Yeah, that makes sense to me. We didn't mention this at the beginning, but I should should mention for your listeners that um, I put the word autistic actually on the cover of the book. So the the title of my book is Misfits, but the subtitle is Autistic Gay Immigrant Changemaker. And essentially that shows you how there is a bit of a connection between those four things, right? That I was perhaps a bit of a changemaker for the world and in my career precisely because I was different in every way. Yeah, I see. Does your autism help or hinder your career in general? Um, I would say both. <laughs> and, and I would suspect most autistic people would give you the same answer. Um, it, uh, in many ways, it hindered me because it made me so um, unfiltered, um, in some cases almost uncontrollable. It's very difficult for, for people like me to, um, to fake things and to pretend that everything is fine when it isn't. And so there, were, there are many moments in people's careers where you have to do exactly that, and I couldn't do it. And so I would be the, I would be the unfiltered um, provider of feedback. Uh, both as a subordinate and then later on in life as a boss. Uh, and that doesn't always uh, make a career very easy. Um, it also hindered me in the sense that I always felt like the weird one, the different one. And when I was younger, I didn't know why I felt that way. I didn't know what part of me made me that way. But over time, I realized that it was, uh, you know, I started to realize how the things that made me different were actually advantages. I don't think I would have ever become a social entrepreneur I didn't have an autistic mind, and and if you if you have the time, I want to tell you a little story about this to show you how my autistic brain actually triggered that. Um, because I'm on the spectrum, I have an extreme fascination with numbers and an extreme skill with numbers. I've had it since I was a very little kid, and there's a bunch of crazy stories about that in the book. Um, and my fascination with numbers uh, turned into a fascination with weather and climate because, of course, if you study weather and you study climate, you get tons and tons and tons of numbers to feed your brain. And uh, as I grew a little bit older, I became one of the first people in my industry to understand climate change because of this. I had this advantage all of a sudden over my marketing peers. I understood how climate change was coming. I understood how it would impact your behavior and my behavior over time as consumers and billions of consumers around us. And for the first time in my career, I realized I had an advantage. I knew something and understood something before anybody else did. So when I invented my first social venture, which had to do with giving consumers incentives for living greener lives, I was so ahead of all my peers, I was so ahead of everybody else, that I was the first person in the world to invent something like this. And then I realized that I would have never had an advantage had I not been autistic. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, What do you think is the best thing about your book? I think it's the the genuine message. I did not write my book to make a penny. In fact, I should also mention to your listeners that um, every single penny that is in proceeds from my book goes directly to a global... Uh, inclusion and diversity charity that I helped create. 
Um, and so the honest message here is I wrote this book to change the world a little bit more. I wrote this book to influence people out there in terms of how they perceive difference and what they can do with difference. And I, uh, so I think that frankly that is the best thing about it, right? It's a, it's a book written from the heart by somebody who is not a professional author. I, I'm actually a business guy and a social venturer, but I realized that telling my story and telling it honestly and bluntly, as, which is the only way autistics know how to communicate, um, would make a difference. So it's a very blunt book. It contains some remarkably blunt stories that will make your listeners probably um, get the odd goosebump and laugh quite a bit. Um, but it's meant to be a case study. It's meant to show everybody that the things that make us different can actually make us stronger, happier, and better. The, um, the prime minister of my country, his name is Justin Trudeau, has written a, a forward to the book together with his wife because he also believes very much in difference. And there is a paragraph in that forward that summarizes the entire message of the book. In that little phrase, he says, too often in our quest to fit in, we end up quashing the very things that could make us special. And that's exactly what the book is about. Wow. Um, how do you react to feedback, positive or negative? Well, <laughs> how much do you know about the autistic mind? <laughs> um, it, uh, we probably have a more intense reaction to feedback than, than somebody with a more typical uh, brain. So neuroatypical people tend to almost over-interpret feedback, positive and negative. So negative feedback can really startle you, it can really hobble you, and, and you sort of have to remind yourself that I'm probably overreacting to this feedback because of the way my brain is wired. Uh, positive feedback can get you to be overly exuberant um, and overly enthusiastic about things. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't rewire my brain. So awareness is the only trick. Knowing that I may overreact one way or another is... Is a, is a good way to kind of moderate the impact. Does work energize or exhaust you? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely both. It is more energizing, if provided the work is good work, provided it's meaningful work. And so certainly what I've been doing for the last 10 years, which is impact work, changing the world, that kind of work definitely energizes me to an extreme. It is so inspiring to be going to work every day and to know that you get to touch lots of lives out there and you get to change something about the world. That part is extremely energizing. Having, however, having to, having to constantly compensate for the way my neuroatypical brain reacts to things, to people, to situations, to feedback, to emotions, having to constantly manage and massage that is obviously exhausting. I think the average workday for someone like me is more exhausting than for a neurotypical person out there. But like I said, at the same time, it's super energizing and super rewarding. What advice do you have for other autistic people who want to chase their passions in their careers? To absolutely chase their passions in their career. Um, you, you know, I, I wrote the book to make sure that people don't grow up the way I did. I. I didn't change my passion for a very long time because I felt so paranoid of, of, of the way I was different. And I kept investing all my energy in trying to be conventional, trying to be like everybody else. You know, I, I went out and got a business degree and tried to run companies and just tried to do what everybody else was doing, even though my passions were different. And so 
eventually I grew up enough to realize that the things that made me weird were the things that made me special. And so my advice to others would be figure out what, what is it that you're crazy about? What is it that, you truly, that truly inspires you because of the way your brain is wired? Figure it out and just chase it. Just, just allow it to, to fulfill your life even more. Where can people find you online? <laughs> I guess there's a thing called Google. <laughs> so uh, lots of places. I mean, the, the book is probably the easiest spot. Um, so if they simply Googled Misfit uh, and then my name, Andreas Valiotis, that's probably a good starting point. I, uh, they can also Google my company, which is called Carrot Rewards, and there's lots there about me. I am on Twitter, of course, um, under my name, Andreas Valiotis, and on and on and on. But I would suggest, the, the, for the purpose of this conversation, I would say the best starting place would be the book, Misfit. Okay, thank you. And anything else you'd like to add before we close? Again, the summary of this conversation is for, for the benefit of your listeners is um, the, the, the more you figure out the weird edges of your mind and not think of them as weird bad, but as weird cool, the better you will live. We are all weird in our own way. Uh, those of us on the spectrum have some incredible, incredible advantages versus other people. Figure out what your advantages are. Figure out what is, what is it that your mind truly feasts on and maybe what your phone feasts on as well, and just harness it. Your life will be more fulfilling, more exciting, and, and perhaps more successful. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on the show. My genuine pleasure. Now for some announcements. We'd like to thank uh, Ed and Becca Regan for their love and support. And then also next week uh, we will have Daniel being interviewed that's it for this episode until next time